Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Junk Baller Podcast. My name is Michael Greenwood, as always. I'm here with my good friend, Kevin Otterbein. Kevin, how you doing? Still feeling a bit full from the cookies that your mom made me for oh, my yes. birthday. Uh, yes, on Wednesday, it was Kev's birthday, and my mom is a very, very well-known baker among my friend group and family and friends at church and all that. Um, and my mom always loves to bake for people. And so she baked some cookies for Kev's birthday and, uh, and her chocolate chip cookies are to die for. They, yeah, they are good. Pies also fantastic. Um, she makes some pretty good cakes too, but these like they're frying, you bake them in a frying pan. Like it's, and they kind of come out as like a cookie cake type thing, but then you cut them into squares. And when she did this the first time, my everyone in the family was like, "Mom, don't go back to making regular cookies. Like you put them, like you roll them up and put them on a baking sheet. Don't do that anymore, Mom. These are better. These are better." And every single person that I ma- that I make them for too. I mean, yeah. and you know, yeah, they've become a staple of our friend group essentially. Yeah, I, I feel like we hardly go a game night or you know, if we go on a trip like to Nichols's cabin or something. There's mm-hmm. those cookies are always there. always always they're always gonna be there. I mean, I'm I'm making them tonight for uh, Molly and uh, Christian's parents because I'm dog sitting for them, and I'm like, you know what? It's because um, they're coming back from New Mexico from their son's wedding, and so I'm like, well, they should come home to cookies and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm gonna make them cookies tonight. But uh, yeah, and got to celebrate your birthday. We got, got some pizza. We're watching football and doing a podcast, and then next week we get to watch uh, Kev's favorite movie. The Room, which, if anyone knows about that, uh, it is considered the worst movie of all time by a lot of people. There are worse movies. There are worse there. movies. This is there so bad that it's good, if you don't know it. Highly recommend just sitting down and watching a movie that is completely doesn't make any sense, but will make you laugh because of how dumb it is. Yes. Um, and so Kev has a yearly tradition of watching it on his birthday. And so Indeed. next Saturday, we're going to spend some time... Uh, watching it with some friends and uh you know just shooting the breeze it's gonna be a good time yeah so kev uh wanted to start off uh with a tweet that i saw just this morning um just to give you a heads up you're not gonna like it um but i thought it would be fun to start off this way because it's something that i thought was pretty funny well it's fun for you it's fun for me uh so talking baseball that's the Twitter handle. It's they're they're done by uh, John Boy, mm-hmm. and the question was: Which MLB player, past or present, most fits your Hall of Very Good definition? And I was like, oh, this should be interesting because I was talking about this with my friends in a in a group chat the other day. Because Adam Wainwright, someone asked if he was a Hall of Famer, and I said, no, he's Hall of Very Good. Like he's very good pitcher, but I was never considered him a, like the best player. But do you want to guess the first reply to this this uh, this tweet was? Uh, I wonder if it's going to be uh, the superstar that you don't think is a superstar, even though he leads in a bunch of offensive categories. Correct. It is Derek Jeter. That was the first option, and I just I just lost it when I saw that tweet this morning. Um, I do think that Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best shortstops ever. Okay. I I have my opinions about him, but Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer. He's not a very, very good player. He is a Hall of Famer, okay? I just thought it would be funny that we could start off that because uh, I always make fun of Derek Jeter with with that stuff with Kev. Well, I think we could both agree that he's not the best actor, I guess, like in commercials and like skits. He's a little awkward. He does have a little bit of, um, like just when the TV camera's on him, like with... uh, like when he's the Fox MLB analyst, like he just doesn't have like that flow. Like yeah. Big Poppy's really good, but Jeter, A Rod's terrible. I'll take Jeter over A Rod every day because A Rod's just too much. But Jeter just doesn't seem to have that natural flow that goes with him for camera. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that he's bad. It's just something's off. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's he, he can't do it all. I mean, he he's a womanizer, fantastic baseball player. Uh, GM of the Marlins helped the Yankees with that, getting Stanton for a little bit. But you know he's just not good in front of camera. He can't win at all. He can't. He can't win at all. No. Um, but yeah, so we're coming up on the end of the season for MLB. Uh, we're, we got a couple podcasts planned for you guys coming up. Um, 
We wanted to get a couple out just because the season's coming to an end. We want to get some stuff out, um, some good stuff coming out too. Um, but that's not this week. Um, Kev's got a topic for you in a little bit, but I'm going to start us off after uh, going through a top five. Instead of a fun fact, we've kind of going back and forth between fun facts and top five just because top five can be a little bit more um, involved with each other instead of just doing a fun fact and then moving on. Um, so when we did last last podcast, we did a top five of the uh, of each of the Hall of Shame, which was honestly one of the most fun podcasts I had um, so far. Excuse me. Um, but I'm going to start off with the top five of and it was actually on the Instagram the other day. Uh, I asked people, what was the most surprising thing of the 2023 season? And so I'm going to do my top five most surprising things of the 2023 season. And they might not be, uh, what's the word? Uh, not ordin- ordinary, like just par for the course, or, 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 or they're a little bit unorthodox maybe. Um, but some of them are standard. But uh, yeah, so the top five most surprising things of the 2020, 2023 season for me. Number five. My fantasy league. <laughs> My fantasy league, I am currently in the championship for. But if I win this championship, it's going to be the most anticlimactic win because half the league stopped paying attention after week three. And it's just been a joke. I've been, I'm 19 and two, but I mean, there's only two other guys that are two or three other guys that were actually paying attention consistently. One guy, I think, added or dropped like two players but didn't move anybody in his lineup. So I've just been playing against four people, basically. And I'm kind of just like, okay. So I've just been demolishing in fantasy baseball. And right now I'm winning by over 100 in the championship. But this guy's paying attention. But it's just, why do people get, I, I thought this was, this was supposed to be a competitive league. Like the guys who sign up are in a competitive league. There's no money involved, just for fun. But it's a competitive league. You're supposed to like pay attention. Two of the guys didn't draft. And then the rest of them, after they drafted, didn't make any moves. And then they stopped paying attention. So that's surprising to me. And it's, it's not surprising that I'm doing well. I always do well in fantasy baseball. That's something that I'm going to be proud about. I'm not humble about that at all. I'm good at fantasy baseball. Pi will tell you that I'm a manipulator in trades. But I didn't make any trades this year. I just kept with my lineup. But uh, I also only have one player in my starting lineup that was in the starting lineup from day one. Mm-hmm. And that's Xander Bogarts. To be fair to the people who may not have paid attention after early on in the season, fantasy baseball is not like fantasy football where you kind of just set your lineup for the week. Yeah. And then you could just let it go, and then the next week's like, oh, I could reevaluate after the game on Sunday. Yeah. Baseball is like a daily thing you got to keep up on, drop players, yeah. add players. That's why I like it because there's actual skill involved. and Because the reason I, I hate fantasy football, the reason why – you're seeing in the NFL this this year with how many freaking injuries there are. You draft a team, half your team can be out after week one. What's the point? Like, you just get screwed over. Like, your season's over. With baseball, you can add and drop so many players that you can figure out a way to win. Like I did. I, I have Xander Bogarts in my lineup, and he's the only one that's been there the entire year. Trout got hurt. Uh, Harper started on the IL. Arenado just got hurt, so he couldn't finish the season. Um and then, you know, I have like four or five pitchers that have been there the whole season. But it requires a lot more commitment to do fantasy baseball. I, I spend five, ten minutes a day. Five, ten minutes. Does well, anyone not have five, ten minutes? I literally, I'm just like, okay, this well, guy's I mean, been doing well. Well, I mean, it, it requires the extra commitment, but it's also, it like, life happens and it, people just forget or they just don't care anymore. Yeah, it's a bunch of losers. Anyway, that's number five. <laughs> Tell me how I, you really feel. Yeah. Um, but I think next year I want to actually do it with, like, friends and see, like, the guys that would actually be committed. Because mm-hmm. um, I know you would possibly be committed. Biscuit would be committed. Uh, Pie might be. We'll, we'll see about me. Yeah. I'm, I stopped playing fantasy years ago. Yeah. I just, it, like, I prefer, it's not the idea of fantasy yeah. that other people play is just more of, I like watching games with the, as opposed to individual players. Correct. I do too. This is the first year I did it in five or six years. I think since my last year of college that I did it. 
And I was kind of hesitant to do it. Like when I first signed up, I was like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? But I was like, no, I'll do it. And then after I think the first couple of weeks, I was like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I think because I was winning. But um, if I wasn't winning, I probably like this freaking sucks. I'm not paying attention probably. But um, that's that's completely hypocritical of me. I probably I probably would have continued and played. But probably, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I because I liked watching, like watching the late night games and not having to worry about. All right, is this guy gonna get a save? Like, I need this guy to, to close. I don't want to have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, and I kind of let that go as I was uh, as I was watching. Okay, let's move on to number four. The Baltimore Orioles are the number four most surprising thing about the twenty twenty three MLB season. Reason why is that the Orioles currently are number one in the AL in record. Mm-hmm. I expected them to be better than you know what they were last year. I expected them to probably compete for a playoff spot i didn't expect them to be this good they're on pace to they're, they're looking like they're gonna have a hundred 100 wins which is ridiculous i i didn't expect that um i really don't have much to say other than that's surprising to me like they have a lot of good young talent but nothing to the point where i thought they'd be ahead of the rays i mean the yankees are i i didn't i don't have the yankees on my list but yeah. the yankees are a surprise but they're not in yeah. my top and the Orioles are playing the Nationals and the Red Sox to end the year, so they very well could win 100 oh, games. Oh, yeah. I, I would put 100 games, 100. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome. I think that's really good for Baltimore. It sucks that their ownership is a dumpster fire because as soon as – did you hear about this? Uh, about, I think, a couple of weeks ago, they sent out a memo that they're going to have to increase prices for tickets and vendors and stuff like that because they're going to have to pay the guys uh, that they want to keep. And I'm like, are you serious right now? You're going to upcharge people because you already have enough money to sign these guys, but mm-hmm. you don't want to. So you're saying that, oh, yeah, if you're going to keep these guys. We've got to charge you more for tickets and hot dogs and beer and everything. What a piece of crap. Also, shout out to the Tampa Bay ownership that they are the proposed stadium that they're going to be building. More than half of it they're going to pay for, which I think is really good. Kevin and I talked about that. Because um, normally you have the city pay for most of it, and it's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. How expensive is it to go to an Orioles game right now? That I don't know. Um, I would say pro- uh, probably on par with Citizens Bank or similar. Yeah, because yeah. I wonder if that's a part of the upcharge. It's like the Orioles weren't expected to be as good as they are, and now they are. You could That gives them the reason to charge more for tickets and well, concessions. Yeah. And well, why don't you uh, do what the Braves did and sign Adley to a more team-friendly deal instead of waiting till he's probably 28 and in his prime and then have to sign him for the $300 million contract for a catcher? Like, come on. And then Gunnar Henderson's going to be probably, a, if he continues what he's doing, like they did a projection of what his value is per money, and he's like a $40 million player this year. Like, that's ridiculous from a rookie. That's amazing. So, number four. Baltimore Orioles, the most surprising thing of the 2023 MLB season. Number three, this might not be a surprise to you, Kev, but I'm surprised at how poor it's been. How poor the umpiring has been this year. It seems like it's on another level. What do you think? At least in terms of balls and strikes, yeah. It seems egregious how poor it is compared to other years. Like it's much more prominent. I'm not sure if because more people are paying attention because of the pitch clock, more general audience, yeah. but it just feels that there are so many more missed calls and it's it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And it really surprises me how poor it is. Like I see how bad the consistency is and I see the commentators like, wow, that's like a, that's not even close. It just seems yeah. there's more frequency in it. Well, I know Aaron Boone got all hot about it and got ejected recently for that about the umpire strike zones, and I think he had a legitimate point there. Yeah, has there been more injections this year? I feel like there's more. There's been more injections this year for pitcher for uh, balls and strikes. More for balls and strikes. Yeah, I think there really has been more of that this year. I had to look. I don't have a stat, but it, it the general feel is that the umpiring has been much more poor and just really bad. I feel like for Boone, it's also just to try and fire his team up this year. Yeah. He, he has a tendency to get ejected more than other yeah. managers. Yeah, and I don't bl- – just uh tangent here. I don't blame Boone for a lot of what's going on in the Yankees. I think it's more ownership and, and management with the players they choose. I mean, he, 
You got DJ LeMahieu, who's old. Yeah. Judge is out for two months, and then when Judge is in, he's pretty much all their offense. Yep. Um, so I kind of feel bad. And then what the heck with Rizzo? Like they knew he had a concussion, and then they just continue to play. Gosh, it's that's an, we should have a whole podcast on how terrible the Yankees management a- is. and Stanton's strikeout or home run tendencies. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kyle Schwarber, too. I feel like Schwarber's having a better year. Right oh now yeah, he is. Stanton he's is. having a very weird statistical year, but. Uh, but yeah, number three, how bad the umpiring has been this year. Okay, number two, on the most surprising thing of the 2023 MLB season, how the pitch clock has grown on me. That w- didn't run through my mind that I think it didn't it didn't cross my mind that it would actually be beneficial. I had a podcast. Well, we had a podcast, uh, I don't know, in April? or It was like the second or third episode. Yeah, yeah, it was early on. And I leveled into the, the uh, pitch clock and said, I think it's a terrible idea. I could see the benefit of it, in, but I felt like it was going to hurt the game. I felt like it's helped the game more than it's hurt. I still think that there are tweaks that could be worked on. Um, and one thing that's also been surprising with this is how the teams really haven't figured out a way to manipulate the pitch clock. Like you can throw the ball out and everything, but I figured there would, MLB teams are creative. They can find ways to manipulate the pitch clock, but they really haven't. Um, And I feel like that's surprising to me as well, but the pitch clock's growing on me. It's helped the speed of the game, which I think has been a benefit, at least to my end, just because I feel like games gone have gone like when it first started, games were going way too quick. I didn't like it because I like to just sit back and relax. And then I was missing like a half an inning because I would go up, stand up, and do something for two minutes. And I'm like, oh, I missed up the, I missed the entire inning. Um, but I think it's been beneficial, and I think that's been surprising to me. For, for me, I, I did not expect that. And uh, yeah, that's number two on my list: pitch clock being beneficial. That's surprising to me. I'm still. I'm in the acceptance stage of that, I guess you could say. Um, I'm still not... I still think it's kind of runs against the grain of the nature of baseball, but I do see how it's decreased the length of games yeah. and how players don't can't aren't taking a minute to throw pitches yeah, <laughs> or I, step out of the batter's box. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think that a batter... or a, I think a batter should be allowed more than one timeout. I think that is, you know, because then it just, if the batter's uncomfortable, because the, the pitcher can take, uh, can step off anytime he wants, right? Or want, he can have, uh, how many, diseng- three get disengagements per at bat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's, I feel like the batter should have at least two. At least two. Because, like, obviously it's up to the umpire's discretion whether or not, um, you know, injury and stuff like that. But, like, you know, he, he has a, like the fact that some players have to take a timeout for their ovation that they came back for, I'm like, that's that's like you're challenging that at bat. He cannot call timeout, um, so that's one thing I would tweak. But uh, anyway, that's for another topic. How about the them using the pitch clock in the postseason? I'm okay with it. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't think you should use the pitch clock for the entire season and then get away with it in the postseason because. That would change the entire game to game plan of everything. Um, I do think it's going to limit the suspense, which I think is beneficial to MLB playoffs. Um, but who knows? You know, maybe the more general audience who are teaming watching the MLB playoffs, um, you know, just because it's on national TV and everything, it's like, oh, it's the playoffs. I'll tune in. It might be quicker. That's where they might actually get their viewership. They're like for next year, like, oh, hey, the playoffs actually were fun. You know, maybe I'll watch a game next year or something like that. So it was just surprising to me that how much it, it improved for me. But, uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Do you hear a little feedback? No. Okay, I think I have a little feedback in my headphone, but that's fine. That's fine. Just going through technical difficulties here. Okay. And the number one most surprising thing of the 2023 MLB season for me is the St. Louis Cardinals. Reason why? I thought that they were going to be in the World Series. And I think a lot of experts picked them to be a playoff team and expected them to be a good team, but they are 
horrible. They are a terrible, terrible team, and I don't understand why. Their offense, like their pitching, is is bad. Their their starting pitching is bad. Their offense has been inconsistent, um, but I didn't expect them to be this bad. And yeah, I mean, Arenado wasn't exactly the best player this year. Goldschmidt's coming off an MVP year, and he didn't put up what he thought he would. Um, and uh, yeah, just didn't expect. Cardinals to be this poor is really surprising to me. I, you know, when you think of the Cardinal way, you think of you know being in the playoffs almost every year or consist or good almost in the playoffs, and they are just they're bad. And so that was really surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, maybe in hindsight, it's not as surprising. I mean, looking back at the year they had last year and not making making it very far in the playoffs, and then you have Molina and Pujols gone. You had the injuries that take place. Um, and that can really hurt a team. But I do agree that I was not expecting the fall off to be that dramatic. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it to be this dramatic. So, um, yeah, that's my top five most surprising 2023 things of 20, 2023 MLB season. Um, little, some kind of, not nothing controversial, nothing crazy, just something that surprised me. And, yeah, I the umpiring is so bad. The umpiring yeah. is so bad. And so are the Cardinals. So are the Cardinals. <laughs> the Cardinals are so bad. All right, Kev. So let's transition into our junk ball section where we talk about our main topic. And uh, Kev's got it for today. What do you got? Well, I was trying to think think of a way to transition from the most surprising things of your year to this topic. I think I'm just going to jump right into our t- topic of discussion for today. Mm-hmm. And that is to try and pick apart the massive, somewhat complex, but super fun topic of the minor leagues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The baseball minor leagues. And Kev knows more about the minors than I do. I, he is much more aware of that. I'm much more aware of the MLB than the minor leagues. So Kev is probably much more of an expert right here in this, in this section. Yeah. That was, that was loud. What was that? I think that was the person above us in the apartment. Okay. Uh, that wasn't thunder. No, no, no. The, that wasn't thunder. The, the, no. the, the day we're recording this, the weather is awful. Uh, it's been raining constantly since about Friday night, and it hasn't really stopped. Um, Ooh. Trevor Lawrence just got... Okay. Baseball podcast. Baseball, baseball, baseball podcast. Baseball, it's a baseball podcast. Baseball we're watching podcast. football. Baseball <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the first thing is that minor league baseball is really unique among the professional sports and how developed it is. Yeah. It's not... I mean, you have the other sports where you have developmental leagues, quote unquote. So you had the D League and the NBA. Is it the D League? So it's the G League. Isn't it the D League? I think it's the G League now because of the it's Gatorade League or something like that. Well, that's stupid. Oh yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's so like, so now they're sponsoring the names of leagues. I think so. It is the G League. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then there's like the G Ignite or whatever, which is like a a place for uh, college players to go instead of college. So are, are we gonna have like the McDonald's League and the, oh yeah, uh, well you have the McDonald's All American. Might as well make the it a league. the, the DraftKings League. Yeah, might as like, well make it a league. The Wendy's, uh, you know, pickup league. And yeah, the the Baconator Bowl. Yeah, the ba- <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that probably exists. There's some out there bowl names yeah. for college football. Yeah, there is. But um, for football, I mean, I guess college is sort of like a minor leagues. Same thing with college basketball. You only have like a player play their freshman year and they're like oh i want to declare for the draft yeah exactly baseball is a bit different uh yeah. because of the nature of the beast so while there are play, there is a college baseball atmosphere i feel like there's more players that come from high school mm-hmm. as opposed to college baseball yeah. at least some like the first round you'll have a lot of high school talent yeah come up um but yeah i i mean th- actually this year i feel like there was a lot of like college players because i feel like this season there was a lot of college uh um, like top level players that were, you know, I mean, there was a guy that got drafted this year that played in the ma- and played uh, the Angels. What was his What was his name? The first baseman. I can't remember, but he got drafted in May or June. When's the draft? The June in June, and he got called up in uh, August or early, late August. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and baseball is very developmental, unlike the other leagues mm-hmm. too. I oh, mean, yeah. the G League. I mean, I feel like the G League. Oh, the G League. I feel like the G League is more of a punishment than a developmental league. 
in a way. Yeah. Would that be accurate? Yeah, because I would it's agree. Like, oh, you're playing super terrible. You're gonna go to the G League. It's not like college basketball players go to the G League first and then the NBA. Yeah, they no. just go right to the NBA. Yeah, right to the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Baseball is a lot different. You have to go through at least three or four tiers to get to the majors. Usually. Yeah. Well, the uh, the top the top players in the NBA in the NBA draft because there are some players in like the second round that go to the G League. Yeah. Yeah. But generally. Yeah. Gen- yeah. Generally. Yeah. Uh, so what are those classifications? Um, so if you're getting drafted into the MLB, and the MLB is like how many rounds? Like 20, 30? Like 400. 400. Four or 500. Yeah. There was, I always get reminded, <laughs> whenever the draft happens, I always re- get reminded by the Onion article, where it's like random MLB, uh, random stranger realized he got drafted in the 3,000th round of the MLB draft. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many dra- rounds. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's insane. But if you're lucky enough to get drafted, you would most likely end up in either the International Rookie League or the U.S.-based Rookie League, mm-hmm. uh, where there's a different size of teams, I would say. So for the International Rookie League, there's 35 players you can have, mm-hmm. and no players with four or more years of minor league experience can play in that league. Wow. Uh, wow. S- similar to the U.S.-based Rookie League, except there's no limit to the roster size on that team. Okay. On the lowest tier... But you can't have more than three players of four or more years of minor league experience. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, if you make it past there, you hit single A, baby. Hit single A. There you go. Single A. And one thing I want to differentiate between these teams is that I think there's a common misconception that major league teams own the minor league teams, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. Mm-mm. They have contracts with the teams, and it's not uncommon for affiliations between teams to switch between one or the other. So, for example, I'll talk about the Yankees for a bit. For a while, their double-A affiliate was the Trenton Thunder, mm-hmm. right near, maybe about 45 minutes from us. Um, but they decided they wanted to move a little bit closer to the city and their affiliation. They had Sparky Lyle, who was the manager of the Somerset Patriots. So they have switched from the Trenton Thunder to the Somerset Patriots, and now the Trenton Thunder is just an independent team. Yep. And the independent team is a whole other beast, but we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, single A, 30 players, no more than two players of five or more years of minor league experience. Um, how much do they get paid? Not a lot. Is an interesting question. But uh, there was a new collective bargaining agreement this year. Yes, there was. Are you going right into that? Mm-hmm. There we go. Perfect timing. Do do you have an idea of how much their salary would be? I think it was. I think they got bumped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like fifteen thousand. I think from what it was. I think it's close to fifty to sixty right now. Uh no, lower than that. Low's lower. Oh I know, yes. I think it was. Um, I think what it originally was like thirty. What started was thirty. So it, it depends on the class. Oh, okay. The scale too, because there's also low A yeah. and high A. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So so you have to split the two okay tell me so for rookies the salary rose this year from four thousand eight hundred dollars to nineteen thousand eight hundred dollars that's for the rookie league okay yeah okay Mm -hmm. for low class a salaries will grow from eleven thousand to twenty six thousand dollars okay and high class a will grow from thirteen thousand to twenty seven thousand okay and then triple a players will go from seventeen thousand to thirty five thousand dollars i think that's the one i was thinking of yeah because i started with 30 or 35 yeah i started with 30 going to yeah that's the one i remember that i felt like it was a big jump wow texans killing the jaguars right now baseball Sorry, I'm sorry. Words, it's, it's a tangent, okay? It's, it really, it's not like, it's, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm just busting your baseballs. Yeah, hey I hope no one from church is listening to this. So. I think they stopped listening after we talked about Jason Giambi's golden thong. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> Tweaks licking the bat, a little too risque. Um, yeah, AAA players had a huge jump, 35,000. And 35,000 is not a lot. No. It's not. I mean, and considering that their original was seventeen thousand dollars, seventeen thousand dollars to play in the, in Triple A baseball. And there's tons of guys that in the off season they'll find another job because they have to. I mean, I it was a uh, Brewster Gratterall and um, Larissa Rise. They worked in a construction company when they were going through the minors. Yeah, I'm like that's ridiculous. It sounded like what major league players used to do. They had to do the same thing. Yeah, they had jobs in the off season. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, they do have a couple more benefits, I think. 
So minor league players will receive four weeks of retroactive spring training pay this year. Okay. Uh, they will get $625 weekly for spring training and off-season training camp and $250 weekly for off-season workouts at home. Most players will be guaranteed housing. They didn't have guaranteed housing. That was a big thing, I believe, in the in the CBA. That was a big uh, stipulation because now that they're guaranteed housing, that's a lot easier on them for... Now, does that mean like the team is paying for it, or does that mean they're they're paying for it, but the team will help them pay for it? I think the team's guaranteeing it. That's pretty okay. That's a big I thing think. Because, because then you're basically you can say if uh, the the bump from seventeen thousand to thirty five thousand. Okay, so that's thirty five thousand. You don't have to put anything towards rent or anything. You can just put it towards something else, food and all that. Yeah, which is honestly pretty good deal. Yeah. So and and that was a controversy because uh, for at least the double A AA and triple A players, um, they they're given a single room. The players at low A and high A will have the option of exchanging club housing for a stipend, and players who sign for the first time nineteen or older can become minor league free agents after six seasons instead oh, of seven. A stipend. I was like, what is? I was like, what's a stipend? <laughs> yeah, a stipend. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the thing too is like before this agreement, uh, minor leaguers with wives and children were you know rooming together pretty much. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that must have been a quite the situation. Quite a situation. Um, so at least the conditions have seemed to improve. They're still not ideal for minor league players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a step in the right direction, I would say. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you before you move on. Do you know anyone that's been drafted by the MLB in the MLB? Not personally. Okay. Okay. I know one. I know that off the top of my head. I think I know two, but uh, there was a kid who was a couple years below me, um, and then he transferred schools. His name was Andrew Turner. Uh, Biscuit knows him. He went to Hope Community Church a little bit, but he got drafted in the late rounds to the Marlins. Uh, he was a catcher, I believe. Um, I don't know what the update is now, but that's – that's the only kid that I know that got drafted. Hope he's d- if you, Andrew, if you're listening, hope you're doing well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I had a good friend, uh, Jonathan Simons. He tried out for the Somerset Patriots okay. like when they had open tryouts once, and yeah. I went to it. That's cool. Yeah, that was actually I was gonna when you were talking about thinking about doing the minor leagues. I was like, all right, I've only been to two minor league stadiums. I've been in the parking lot of one, another one, but the game didn't happen. But uh, oh, but yeah. the, the, there's a ton of opportunities for open tryouts. Um, the, any, especially in the independent leagues, I would think, because Somerset Patriots were independent at the time. I think the Lancaster Barnstormers do too. Open tryouts? In, yeah, because they're independent as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I know someone who has a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and once you, but, you know, you go single A, high A, double A, and then triple A, and it's when you get to the triple A and double A level where there's no player player restrictions. Yeah. So it's not like you can't have more than two players with six or more years of minor league experience. You can have people who played in the majors for gosh knows how long. Yeah. And they could come back and play in double A or triple A. That's mm-hmm. why when you see rehab assignments, they usually start in double A. Yeah. You you usually don't see, I don't know, Alex Rodriguez playing single A rehab baseball, you know. No. So. <laughs> no. No. Though though I did I have gone to a couple of re I went to one rehab game. Uh, Kevin Euclid and I think it was Mark Teixeira were rehabbing at uh, Trenton oh, wow. years ago. That's when Kevin Euclid was a Yankee. <laughs> That's a weird time. Yeah. That's a weird <laughs> sellout crowd. Um, I would hope so. They, they played for like, they had one or two at bats and then they were taken yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Game. And then everyone left. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they stayed though. It was a great game. They won an extras. There you go. Got to watch a walk off. Yeah. But, um, and, and, and that's, I kind of want to transition to the next part of it is that my, my favorite thing about the minor leagues is how fun it is. Sorry. Derek Carr is not returning. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, I saw the, yeah. saw the red injury update, and I was like, ooh. Oh, I didn't even see what happened. Does that mean Taysom Hill's in? I, I guess. Uh, oh, Kirk Cousins. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. Yeah, but, no. Uh, yeah. I hope Green Bay could take advantage of that. Yeah. Sorry. Another football tangent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baseball. Baseball. Yes. Baseball. Base, baseball. 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 That's our crazy soundboard that we have not gotten into about these podcasts, but um, <laughs> that's the only sound effects we know to y- how to use <laughs> yeah. during the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I was saying how fun the minor leagues are. 
Oh, yeah. And how it's a perfect thing to go to if you want something cheap for your family for like a night out on a Friday or Saturday night mm-hmm. and just hang out and watch watch a baseball game. Oh, it's yeah. crazy how cheap these tickets are. Oh, yeah. You get great deals. I went to the Lancaster Barnstormers back in May. Had front row seats for like 15 bucks. Yeah. Right along the first baseline. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff, man. If you want to watch good baseball, you know, that's that's the way to do it. Uh, sometimes it's good baseball. It's better <laughs> baseball than what you'd uh, see at a pickup league or something like that. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, you said you've only been to a couple of minor league games. Yeah, so I went, we went to the Somerset Patriots game with you. Um, then I went to a Reading Phillies game. I've been to Reading Phillies twice. Uh, and then I went to... Um, Coca-Cola Stadium, which is the AAA affiliate for uh, Philly's Lehigh Valley. Mm-hmm. But the game got canceled as we were sitting in the parking lot for the game. And so that was a weird experience. Uh, so I'm like, all right, because I'm not going to the stadium now. And I've been trying to go back, but haven't been able to go back yet. Uh, Highly recommended. Yeah. I've Coca-Cola been, ballpark is nice. been told that it's a really nice ballpark. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've only been to, three, only been to two, only been inside two and to another one but well we're in the pr- parking lot we're pretty dang lucky living in this area though because there's a lot of opportunity for baseball yeah if you want to watch it not yeah. just the phillies even though the phillies are nearby but you have the orioles a couple hours away if you want to go camden but then there's also all the minor league teams so you have wilmington which i, t- I think is the closest to here um that or red i don't know if Reading's closer from here uh depends upon if there's traffic yeah if there's no traffic wilmington might actually might be closer um, but I think it's probably pretty close. Maybe like five, 10 minute difference. Yeah. You have Reading, you got Allentown, you got Lancaster, you have York, you got Scram Wilkesbury. I still haven't been to that. That's the AAA affiliate for the Yankees. You got the Trenton Thunder, which is the independent and the Somerset Patriots, the Lakewood Blue Claws in yeah, Jersey. Yeah, true. Yeah. They, they're a nice ballpark too. They're the double A? The, or no, single A for the Phillies. The Blue Claws? Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. single A. And, I mean, we're talking mostly about uh, teams that are affiliated with major league teams, but you got to remember all the independent leagues mm-hmm. in minor league baseball, too. There's a ton of them, and I'd be curious to know how many teams there are <laughs> because there's a lot of them. Um, Actually, is there that much? I don't know. I have no clue. I'm trying to look at the... Well, a lot of leagues come and go, too. So I'm looking at a list here of some of the independent leagues, and some of them only lasted like two or three years, maybe even a season, because it's expensive yep. to run a team. Yeah, it is. Or just run a league. Yeah. Uh, there there was an interesting documentary on a league that I think only lasted a year. It's called Playing for Peanuts. Have you wa- seen that? No. It, it has... Uh, who's the guy who played for the Mets? Uh Wally, Wally, dang it! He played for the A6. His name's Wally. Wally, I'll, I'll shout out to Wally. Yeah, shout out to Wally. But he uh, he was originally going to be a manager for the Diamondbacks, but then he got into some trouble and ended up not managing for them. Wally Backman. Okay. Wally Backman, and so in between his stints, I guess he managed this minor league team in Georgia. And the league just got started. And it shows all the ins and outs of, you know, like players, you know, sharing rooms, going to fast food restaurants after the game, power outages, oh <laughs> like my gosh. all this crazy stuff. But I really recommend it if you haven't seen it. Okay. There we go. I yeah. might check it out. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to highlight the Meyer Leagues because I think they deserve some love. Um, and there's, there's plenty of opportunity to go if you haven't gone. Uh, again, just to have some fun. There's a lot of activities at these games, yeah. especially for kids, too. You oh, yeah. There's a lot more involvement with, you know, uh, mascots, raffles, all that type of stuff. Much more involved. Just because it's not on a big scale, they can really, it feels more down to earth that you can, like, connect with the people that are trying to, like, you know, it's like this is their livelihood. They, you know, this is their yeah. job and, and everything. So, um, but, yeah, it's, I, I highly recommend going to a minor league game. Yeah, totally. Um, I didn't have too much outside of that. Uh, I think one other thing I just wanted to highlight real quick is just there's a lot of players who go to the minor leagues and they never leave it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And I think, and this is another thing that makes the minor leagues distinct is that just because you're drafted doesn't mean you're necessarily going to make it. Nope. Usually if you're drafted high in the NFL draft or the NBA draft, you're going to play in a professional game. Correct. In baseball, you could be the number one draft pick. And never make it. And never make it. Uh, so if you, if you look at the number one draft picks for the minor leagues, um, there's some names that you haven't even heard of on no. here. No, um, we talking about first overall. First overall. Yep. So there's some names that I've heard of. There, there's Dansby Swanson. He was a number one pick. Uh, Royce Lewis yep. for the Twins. Yep. He just uh, he just got hurt. He's on my fantasy team. Carlos Correa was a number one yep. pick. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole was a number one pick. Bryce Harper. Yep. Wait, who? Bryce who? That, that was actually a pretty decent stretch of number one overall pick. Yeah. Steven Strasburg, Bryce Harper, Garrett Cole, and Carlos Correa back to back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, Tim Beckham. David Price was. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. Delman Young. Okay, you skipped over Mickey Moniak. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he doesn't matter as much. No, me. he doesn't. Josh Hamilton, Pat Burrell. Josh Hamilton was a first overall pick? Yes. He was a pick for the Rays. Wow, I didn't know he was the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I knew he went high. I didn't know he was number one. He was a number one overall pick. Uh, and he kind of just he that's when he had his struggles was after he was drafted. Yeah, with the alcohol and and stuff like yeah. that, substance abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about a guy that's just can't put it all together. Like yeah. he thought he did, and then all of a sudden just had relapses, and then he had a domestic violence charge with his wife and kid. And I'm just like, oh jeez. Yeah. Well, that that I mean that latter one I mean is pretty bad. Oh yeah. Not that the drinking isn't bad either. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that I feel bad for him in that sense. Like he's he needs to get his crap together, but just like. It's just, you know, when you see someone with such talent and, you know, they can't respect um, what comes with it, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, just being a better person because you're in the spotlight and, you know, you need to be better than what you are with that, too, with all the spotlight happening. But, um, gosh, I didn't know he was the number one overall pick. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so some decent ones out yeah. there. Um, but you also have, like, Tim Beckham, who, I mean, he played for a bit. Yeah. With the Rays, the Orioles, the Mariners, and the Twins, but he wasn't a no. superstar. Uh, Matt Bush is on here. Matt Bush. Oh, that's an interesting story. We could have a whole podcast on Matt Bush. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know about Matt Bush, he uh, first to a rough pick, then got arrested, I believe, for drugs uh, and was out of the system and in prison for a couple years, then finally made his way back after, like, couple seasons in the minor leagues because someone gave him a chance and then he actually has had a decent career since uh you know he's not number one overall pick material but he had a decent year so you know good story in that sense well i don't i don't don't know much about it i i could i i shouldn't say good story because i don't know what else he did i'm not sure well it makes you wonder what could have been for some of these players that they didn't run into legal troubles like his first arrest was a few weeks after he was drafted oh my gosh so it's like he right off the bat he's in jail and it's like you know if they if these players just weren't getting into trouble and focusing on what they should be focusing on. Yeah. It's like Josh Hamilton, right? Yep, exactly. The career he could have had. He just, for a few years, like from 2008 to, what, 2012 yeah. about, he was one of the best players in baseball. I mean, yeah. Just yes. okay, look at um, look at what happened this year with two uh, Hispanic players, uh, Wander Franco mm. and uh, Julio Urias. I don't want to get into allegations of everything, but both those players might never play in the MLB again, and they're both under 26, 27 years old. Like, come on. Uh, I mean, Wander's 21, 20, or 22, and then Urias is 26, 27. But because of the allegations that they did, I, I, I don't know enough about them to comment, but they're both to the extent where they may never play in the MLB again. And that's Sorry. really sad because they're both fan- fantastic players. So it just makes me sad. Yeah. So, uh, and a quick question because I just came across this as yeah. I was reading through. Uh, there didn't seem to be a. There's not like a hard. There wasn't a hard limit on how many minor league affiliates you could have back in the day. There, th- allegedly, the Cardinals had a ton, and the commissioner had to crack down on it. Do you want to take a guess as to how many minor league clubs they had? 
I'll say 15. Higher. Whoa. <laughs> they are alleged to have had over 30 minor league clubs. What? Back in the day. How far in distance were they? Uh, I would imagine not very far. That's ridiculous. Or maybe across the country. Okay, how big were they? Were they just like like nine people on a team? I, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I'm, I, they're, they're probably playing at like the field across the street, yeah, right? Like, it's just a bunch of little leaguers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we, you know, we see some generational talent here, you know. <laughs> you, you go, you go, you just go to the park down from your house, and it's like, yeah. oh, there, there's a minor league club, and there's a sign and major league affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, <laughs> and, and it's not even like typed out. It's like drawn in marker <laughs> yeah, or crayon and the r is <laughs> backwards yeah <laughs> oh my goodness that's actually pretty funny um but yeah you got anything else for the miners uh no uh-huh. uh i just I, just to back up my recommendation go and watch them yeah and support these players because yeah. you know they work very hard for peanuts yep yeah they do and you know, it's it's always nice when a player who has worked his way through the system, you know, for a couple of years and pans out in the majors. You're like, all right, he put all that work in, made his way up. Um, and you like hearing about those stories. So that was mm-hmm. cool. Thanks for telling us about that, Kev. Um, all right. Time for the hot take, which is my job this week. And something happened over this week where it wasn't a big surprise. The Twins clinched a uh, playoff spot. You know, that division's terrible. Um, but Twins haven't won a playoff game in a very long time. Do you know how long it's been? It's not 2002, is it? I think it's close to that. Um, it's been since been a while. It's been over 20 years, I believe, since they've, since they've won a playoff because game. Because I think they beat the A's that year, I think. Still be over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to look it up real quick? Yes, But anyway, the Twins have not won a playoff game in a very, very long time. 2004. 2004. Okay, so 19 years. They have not won a a playoff game in 19 years. And they've been in the playoffs a couple times. You know, you would expect that a team to at least win one game. I I was always so happy when the Yankees were playing the Twins because I knew that was going to be a victory. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think this is the year. They're not going to win. They might not win a playoff series, but they will get one win in the in the wild card series that they have, which will be against the most likely the Rays, I believe. I think because the Rays are the top wild card team right now. If it, the season ended today, it would be the Rays, right? It would be the Astros. The Astros are the top wild card team. No, the the the. The way the playoff pitcher is now is that the Orioles and the Rangers have had the one and the two. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And then the wild card series would be the Twins and the Astros. Okay, yeah, because the, the, um, you're right. The top wild card, the, the lowest division plays the sixth seed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yes. okay, you're right, correct. My bad. Um, but my hot take is that the Minnesota Twins will at least win one playoff game and break the curse or whatever curse. <laughs> it, I don't know. The cur- it, curse. it is a curse at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, I, uh, they've been playing better over their last couple months. I feel like they've set themselves apart from that division, even though that division sucks. Um, but they've had some injury issues, like Buxton's been out, even though Buxton's been inconsistent. Um, Royce Lewis just went on the IL that you said, uh, and he was on my fantasy team, and he was doing damage. He had four or five grand slams, and he's, he's, he hasn't played in over 70 games his entire career. It's ridiculous. Um, but that's my hot take. And um, I, what do you think? You think they will? Uh, they are ju- the w- judging by the way the Astros have been playing recently. I think they could win a cu- one or two games yeah. against them. Yeah. Well, it's a three-game series. Do you think they're if they won two? Do you think they're going to take down the Astros? This could be a hotter take. Ooh. No, I'm not going to go there. Okay. All right. We're not going hotter. No, I, I can't go we're there. Keep, we're keeping it lukewarm. The, the, Astro, the Astros are the defending champions, and they're not. They're still in the race for their division right now. Yeah. Well, they're losing to Kansas City right now, and Hunter Brown, who I had as a spot start tonight, got me negative six because he allowed six earned runs in three innings. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility for the Twins to take a game against Houston, I think. Yeah, I, I don't just, think I, this is a Houston. I, I don't think this is a Houston team that's going to run rough shot over. No, it's te- the other teams in the postseason. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I don't think they're going to win the series. I don't think they're 
their division is terrible. Like, that's the worst division in baseball, easily. What are you looking at me like that for? Uh, are you talking about the Twins or the Astros? Twins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, you know, Twins. They're. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win. They'll win one game. Yeah. And I think it might be, uh, probably would be game two. Yeah. Can't be game three. It's either one or two. I don't think they're going to go in and win game one against the Astros. I don't think so. I think they would win game two. Well, if they're the third seed, but they they'd be playing at home, right? Correct. The, all the games would be at home because they're a division winner. So, I might say game one. Okay. And Houston takes the next two. Okay. That would suck for tw- the Twins. They <laughs> win game one. They're like, all right, we actually have a shot. We can advance. Nah. We got <laughs> nah. you the one win. You're going to wait another 20 years to get the division to get a advance in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my hot take. And uh, that's how we're going to close out uh, this podcast. Uh, like I said, we have a couple podcasts planned uh, for the next couple like over the next couple weeks, month, uh, coming up with the end of the season and some stuff in the postseason and just some of our thoughts and stuff. We won't give anything too specific away about topics, but uh, we're looking forward to it and uh, hope you guys are enjoying it. But, uh, yeah, you got anything else? Uh, no, uh, the next time you'll hear from us, uh, we'll be gearing up for the postseason and we'll have a clear picture of how these races are going to turn out. And some of them look like they're going to come down to the wire. So I'm looking forward to seeing, especially like the AL West, yeah, how that will end. <laughs> the Astros or the, uh, Rangers in Seattle play each other, what, three times over the next week? Something like that. Yeah. Or, uh, six times over the next week. So that'll be interesting. Um, wait, that's a. I'm having a brain fart right now. That wouldn't make sense. They won't play each other six times. This is the last week of the yeah, season. Yeah, so uh, they think they're playing each other now. Correct. They're playing each other now, yes. Um, but they play each other at the end of the season, too. Um, there's going to be a very good team that doesn't make the playoffs this year. That should be in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But that's just how the format is this year. And uh, But we'll see that. And I'm excited about the postseason. I'm excited for postseason baseball. Um, hoping I get to watch all the Phillies in the postseason. I'm going to a wild card game. Um, we already bought tickets, uh, but uh, is Nichols going with you this time? Yes, Nichols is going with okay. me this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he actually texted me. He's like, "You want to go to a wild card game?" I, like, I feel like I have to go to this one. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to the Catskills in uh, the second week of October. I'm hoping that the Phillies. Uh, if they are advanced, that they're playing at night so that way I can watch it at night so that way I'm not missing it during the day because um, I don't want to miss playoff baseball when I'm hiking. No. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for postseason baseball, and uh, Same we, here. we hope you are too, and uh, we'll catch you next time, all right? So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you later. Peace.